0: Hey, to all my female baggage droppers out there, I have a question for you. Do you like gold or silver? Well, at Breanne & Company Jewelry Store, you can find anything that you like. That's right. Breanne & Company is a jewelry boutique that has durable, minimalist jewelry. She uses genuine pearls, local shells and sea glass, natural gemstones, and of course, precious metals. And these are all quality handcrafted designs by Breanne Light herself. Go and visit her at her website, brianneandco.com, or go to her Instagram that's always popping at and Company. Thanks, Brianne. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all my baggage droppers around the world, welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope, and teach you a technique that can help you cope. And I, I it's hosted by me, the self talk engineer Charles Wolfork himself, and today. We have an incredible guest, an amazing dude right here, a brother from another mother, Pohaku Kaea Now, Pohaku is from Wailua, Kauai, Hawaii. He is a professional bodyboarder. Uh, he has been bodyboarding for two decades and has won multiple competitions. He is also a kayak tour guide and been doing that for over a decade. And he also is a cultural practitioner and a hula dancer who performed in last year's Merry Monarch Competition over on Big Island. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you, Pohaku Kaea Ke Kau'alua. What's up, Pohaku?
1: What's up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, bro.
1: Yeah, on a magic.
0: So you, what you just told me not too long ago was that you... Made your dreams come true because you said you dreamed of being a bodyboarder. And man, you you made you manifested it, right? So tell me about your journey with bodyboarding.
1: Um, started when I was two, uh, like just being pushed in by my brother <clears throat> at Anahola Bay. And of course, just like anything else, when you fall in love with it, you know exactly w- what you want to do for the rest of your life, mm. you know kept me out of trouble, uh, uh, was able to, you know, use this to be able to express myself and also be able to get rid of, you know, baggage, I guess you could say, you know, things that are, were going on in my life, get, be able to think about problems and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, then I was later able to bring it into the contest world. Thank you to Uncle Ed, for uh, not telling me about my first contest, bringing us to the beach. And it's just like, hey, you're in a contest. (laughs) It's the funnest thing of my life. Did it when I I was eight years old um, and then kind of didn't really look into it after because I wanted to perfect everything. And then at nine years old, um, I felt confident enough to be able to start doing contests on the island through HSF. And then later on, traveling to Oahu multiple times to do USBA.
0: Time out. Wait a second. You're throwing some acronyms at us now. Yeah,
1: yeah no worries, no worries. I was going to get...
0: HSF. What's HSF?
1: HSF is Hawaii Surf Federation. Got you. USBA is United States Bodyboarding Association.
0: Ah, that's what's up. Okay.
1: But they were both ran in cahoots to each other. So what I was going to... I was going to introduce them and say that if you did first to fourth In Hawaii Surf Federation, you would go to United States Bodyboarding Association.
0: Got you. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just didn't. I was gonna be left behind super quick. You know what I
1: mean? So it was more like you know I did good on this island, so then I felt confident enough to go to Oahu to kind of, and the difference in the waves were trippy. So Mm. surfing new waves and whatnot. Then. I was able to um, make a name for myself just through those two contests um, and became sponsored at 12 years old uh, and a professional or in the professional ranks at 16 years old as an amateur still, and then was able to fully become uh, a professional at like 17 or 18 wow Uh, i stopped doing amateur contests at around that age and uh accepted my first paycheck from a contest so that's how you know you that's how you become professional i guess
0: awesome i got a a bunch of questions for you so what was it about the water that really called you when you were young and, and like that you had this connection with where you can express yourself and let go of the things that were bugging you
1: uh so water, you know, well, first of all, surfing. There's a few elements of surfing that you can't get anywhere else. Mm. Um the feeling of gliding across the water and the water going, you know, past your body. Mm-hmm. Um, the feeling of getting barreled and the visual uh euphoria that you get when you're in the the curl of the wave. Mm-hmm. Um and then the genuine, the genuine, complete stoke of just being able to do whatever you want to do on the wave that you're catching.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Nobody's out there telling you, you got to catch this wave. If you don't catch this wave, you fail. Nobody's telling you, you got to land this wave. You got to land this trick. If you land this trick, you fail, mm-hmm. you know? It's, it was really a way that you could express yourself if you fell off your board into the water. Of course, it's water. Most of the time, it wouldn't hurt mm-hmm. as you hit breathe, <laughs> but that's different. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was really like I could, I, everything in the water when I'm bodyboarding, I control except for the wave. Yeah. So it's being able to use one element that you can't control. Yeah. But controlling what you do with that element And it was it's weird how it connected at such a young age. Mm-hmm. but it was something like hey I could I can't get enough of this feeling and I could live with it for the rest of my life. So <clears throat> it was something that I chased.
0: love it. And like tell us some of the life lessons that you've learned from uh, being in the ocean and being a bodyboarder. Patience
1: is key. Why? Or patience and perspective is key. So patience, because you might not always get one wave after another, you know, you get one set wave, you got to wait five to 10, maybe 15 minutes. If you're at pipeline a whole hour to get another wave, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're spending, you know, three, four hours and maybe only getting three, four waves. Hmm. I mean, at Pipeline, there's over a hundred guys out in that lineup. Right. And so when you're trying to surf, you're dodging people, you're running people over, like, and then you finally get a wave and somebody cuts you off. Like, you know, it's it's really hard in places like that. But Mm -hmm. you catching a wave every time you paddle out to you, like, catching a wave, paddling out and having to sit in the lineup for, like, 20 minutes to an hour to get away. Bruh. So, um, like, I don't know. For me, it just, it's, it's something that I definitely can live with for the rest of my life. And it keeps (laughs) you young. It keeps you young, man. For sure. Oh, how so? Um, keeps you in shape. Mm -hmm. Keeps your mind, like, always looking around to like, Understand how the wave's gonna break. Mm-hmm. Understand where not to be. Mm-hmm. You ever seen the movie North Shore?
0: No, not yet.
1: You gotta watch that movie. You'll, you'll remember this. Uh-huh. When the wave is here, don't be there, <laughs> or you're gonna get drilled.
0: <laughs>
1: but just like if you you might have heard this saying, mm. nobody listens to Turtle.
0: I've heard that before. Yeah,
1: it comes from North Shore the movie yeah because turtle's the one that says that
0: okay <laughs> he's,
1: he's a you know howley surfer boy but he's like if the wave is here don't be there
2: yeah. <laughs> it's
1: drilled you know mm-hmm. and so, like yeah that's where nobody listens to turtle comes from
0: mm-hmm. the, yeah. and you were talking about perspective too
1: yeah and then perspective is when you catch the wave not every wave is the same but you have to look at the wave in a certain way to be able to know what tricks you can fit into what part of the wave. Uh, you know, 360 in a pocket, then you get barreled a little bit and then you come out and you do like a, like an air aerial maneuver or something.
0: <laughs> right. Hey, so you gotta figure that out like in like seconds, like a it's- nanosecond, like boom, instantly you got to feel it. And then yep. intuitively, you'll know, like, oh, I can do this, this and this.
1: The way the wave gets all hollow or flat uh-huh. out, the uh-huh. way the pitch of the lip is, like how much speed, how how, you, how much speed you know you're going to get mm-hmm. off of the wave so that you can time from your takeoff to the, lamp, the ramp point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're in the air, you only have that split second to be able to bring your board back underneath you to be able to land on it. <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. It's got to feel good to, like, feel like you can fly for a second, too.
1: Yes. It definitely feels good to be weightless. Yeah. Hashtag somewhere between heaven and earth.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right. So who was the first uh, company to sponsor you? Shout out to them.
1: Science Bodyboards was the first company to pick me up as a bodyboarder. Thank Uh you norm Scorgi, (laughs) he lived out there on oahu Uh Um, he he owned his own shop um turbo surf at the time Mm -hmm. and um him and my mom ended up getting in contact because my mom was actually the one that searched up how to get me sponsored Mm. and so she i guess ran into norm somehow he ended up you know telling her to bring me by i went and checked out the shop um, it was during one of those Oahu contests. So then he came down to the beach and gave me a brand new board. Cool. I the contest on that brand new board and ended up winning the twelve and under division.
0: Hey, so that's
1: how I, I solidified my spot um, in in uh, on the team. Oh man. And, and how's this? So this is kind of bittersweet, but more sweet than bitter. At the contest, you know, the, we finished our heat. And there's, you know, two Oahu local boys, one mm-hmm. Maui boy, and then me from Kauai. Mm-hmm. And so we all surfed in the surf contest. And, you know, everybody was and when we were all finished, you know, the crowd kind of came down and grabbed one guy who was one of the main like local boys from Oahu and like picked him up on the shoulder mm-hmm. and like hiked him up the beach like he won the contest, you know. <laughs> so we're like all like, ah oh, like all bummed. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, all the other kids are just like, wow, like he gets carried up the beach. Like we already know who won. Yeah, that sucks. You know, we're like, you don't win everything, but it was just like, oh, wow. Like, okay, I guess he won. So now we're just wondering who's in second place between the rest of us, you know? Yeah. So, so then we're just like, Oh, whatever. But it's the finals of an amateur 12 and under, Mm -hmm. so they don't announce, uh, the final places until the award ceremony after the contest. Mm -hmm. So we waited, you know, went and surfed or free surfed and stuff at the shore break and whatnot. And then Mm -hmm. later on at Senior Frogs or what used to be Senior Frogs, um, on Oahu was where the award ceremony was. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, kind of just waiting you know, for us to be announced. And we're the first ones to get announced because we're the youngest crew. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so they go through the names. The Maui boy, I mean, yeah, the Maui boy came fourth. The other local boy from Oahu came third. And so I'm like, oh, okay, sick. I get second, you
0: know? (laughs) So wait a second, the guy that they carried away, he came in third?
1: No, no, the guy, the other guy, there was two Uh, boys from Oahu. The other one that didn't get carried away came in third so uh-huh. i'm like oh sick i got second that means yeah. I got, uh, that means i get uh, uh i get brand new fins you know
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm psyched, like yeah brand new fins and then they're like in second place and they say the oahu boy's name and i'm all what i get a board that's- <laughs> i was psyching, uh, and, like and yeah so that's that's how it went down like In my head, I was like, I counted myself out already. Yeah. Him up the beach. I was like, so I guess that's who won. Yeah. I guess it's whoever's in second place. And so I wasn't named for fourth or third. So I was like, Finn, second place. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like all psyched, you know? And then Uh they're like, and in second place. And they're all. (laughs) And then they're, they're like, they say the other boy's name and I'm all. Oh, I look at my mom. I'm like,
0: yeah, I won. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> was that your first competition that you won, too? Yeah,
1: that was the first. Uh,
0: oh, <laughs> man. So you won the competition and you got a sponsorship in one day. Yeah. Ah, that's epic, yeah. epic dog. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: that's epic, man. Congratulations on that. And that's awesome. Uh, Where have you had competitions at? Ooh
1: mainly like so for a while it was just Koai with hawaii surf federation or hsf mm-hmm. and then oahu was you know usba which is united states bodyboarding association and then also the pipeline contest which is iba which is international bodyboarding association and that was the one that went around the world for a while and then uh Going back and forth between those, um, doing contests on Maui, doing contests on Big Island, and then finally going and following the USBA tour, mm. United States Bodyboarding Association tour, which went to Huntington, um, Sandy Beach on Oahu, uh, what's the other one? Oh snap, Ocean, Oceanside, um. California. Oh, snap. <laughs> Loud um, and then uh, New Jersey. Jenkinson's Beach, New Jersey.
0: Oh cr- oh crazy. So how was the wh- how was the um the differenti- differentiation between all the way all the way uh west and then all the way east?
1: No difference. No difference. Um the water stinks a little. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> there was no difference, like, because the contest in New Jersey, mm-hmm. in like the September window where you can, sorry, <laughs> where you can, su- I don't know how to turn this off.
2: Hey, uh- <laughs> where
1: you can surf, um, like when you surf, you surf in, in, um, board shorts, Mm-hmm. where usually like they're surfing like complete you know five millimeter wetsuits in the oh, winter wow. time where guys come out like they have beards and stuff and guys come out and there's icicles on their beards oh know? my god like it gets like these guys like so you've had a slushy before right of course like they surf in the ocean when it's a slushy.
0: hell nah
1: it's nuts oh my god I thought
0: <laughs> it's like, no worries i'll edit all this part out
1: <laughs> that's like where i've had contests in in america or in the u.s other than that i've been to brazil chile portugal australia um I've been to Tahiti for free surf, and then I've been to uh Indonesia for free surf as well.
0: What's been some of the roughest things that you went through as far as being a bodyboarder?
1: Missing flights.
0: <laughs> really? That's yeah.
1: the.
0: What was so tough about that?
1: Not having the money to be able to get another one, mm. and having to like really like throw a nuts pitch to the sponsors for them to cover just that one flight, because all you got to do is like you know, you miss a flight, you can't get another one because you don't have enough money. So you get them to pay for that, just that flight. And then you meet up with your flights that you have going home. You know what I mean?
0: Wow. Yeah. So you were pretty much stuck in a, in in a spot.
1: Yeah. And like, for me, it's, it's no big deal. It's just a little challenge. I mean, I have a whole month Mm -hmm. to, or not a whole month, but at the time when I missed the flight, I had a couple days to get there but I had a whole month to be able to like wait or uh to be able to link up with my next flights back home because Mm -hmm. I was in Portugal for so long Mm -hmm. so I was like all I need to do is get to Portugal and then I'm good like you guys don't have to really help me out any financially you know way but if I spend this money to go to like I had the money Mm -hmm. but if I spent it then I wouldn't have had money to be able to rent the car that I needed to get to and from each contest because of the the commute in portugal is so long
0: wow that's intense being all the way across the pacific ocean and the atlantic ocean yeah uh and stuck there that is intense yeah. how did how the heck did you so you had to call the sponsor up they they fronted you the cash and did you have to pay um, that back
1: uh yeah so what it was it wasn't really like it came from the company sponsor it was like the the uh representative of the company not science it's another company that i i had um i had gotten a hold of mm-hmm. before i left mm-hmm. they're not my sponsor anymore so i'm not gonna say their name but um they they uh, helped me out and got me to where i needed to go and then um you know, I kind of did like a little trade. I did have to pay some of the money back, but the other part of the trade was was doing um like photo shoots and and videos of me bodyboarding for advertisement for them. Cool. Which which was cool. That's pretty much a sponsorship. But then they they ended up falling through. Mm. Um, they're they're no longer you know a thing anymore. I mm-hmm. just know that if I say the name that then the person that's connected to it will hear about it and- yeah <laughs>
0: it's like that i will we don't want no problems <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey one thing that's uh inspiring about you so i met you you remember where i met you
1: up at, on the on the mountain right is that the first time
0: first time i met you was at the Kauai men's conference we were in the same group together
1: yes that's right hell yeah i'll never forget
0: it i remember you i remember like then this is a solid ass dude right here because we were talking about what makes a man and you said the most important thing was integrity and i just thought man like this guy he's freaking solid man he you talked about how when a man talks tells someone that he's gonna do something he actually falls through and does it and he's a man of his word and i was like man like that's something that didn't it it didn't register to me like that you know what i mean i I didn't have that i had plenty of male figures as far as coaches and uncles and things like that but my mom had like multiple boyfriends that were going coming in out of the house um so like having that perspective that you had you know, with the people that were within your community and your father and everybody that was close to you, I I thought that was phenomenal. And like, something that you are dedicated to is growing as well. Like what, what always gave you this hunger for growth as a person and as a man?
1: Um, seeing the amount of respect that knowledgeable people get, because knowledgeable people not only have knowledge about a lot of um, you know outside things um, you know i e cars or you know their profession but like when you have general knowledge about you know people and things that could have been done better or things that that um, you know you like showing how you can take positives positives away from negatives you know a positive you can take positive lessons Mm -hmm. away from negative situations uh like i see how much respect people get uh like knowledgeable people get in that sense because you know my my parents like we've they've given me everything you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i wanted they gave they they gave me uh they you know they would put together the finances to get what not only i needed but my brother and the family of course Mm -hmm. but it was like i don't know it's kind of hard to explain it was it was knowing that money isn't always what gets you respect Mm -hmm. and then growing into uh, uh like seeing like self-help books and like growing into myself I started realizing that money is actually what makes people think that you're a complete asshole mm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and then and then well I mean think about it like you just mm-hmm. say, you say to a local boy I'm from Princeville and look at the look they give you yeah because everybody's rich in Princeville they think you're some stuck up person you know what I mean but not everybody's like that but exactly. it's you bad the few bad apples that they've met yeah. have them, con- you know, conditioned to think that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, sadly, majority of the population thinks that way, yeah. you know. And for me, I thought that way. yeah. But it wasn't until I grew up more that it was, it's the people who have insecurities of their richness that are the assholes. Agree. And so I was like, that's where I was like, hey, knowledge won't only, like, it gives you respect to a certain point. But knowledge, the more knowledge you have, the more money you can get paid if you place that knowledge in the right perspective.
0: 100%.
1: And so when I seen that, I was like, hey, okay. And then I started reading self help books, and those started helping me realize, like, hey, some of the most successful people in the world. Read, you know, three to five books a month, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's like, well, shit, look like I gotta get on my read game, man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So, so like, yeah, reading books, but also, books are good, okay, but nothing is gonna teach you as fast as experience. Hundred percent. And being able to travel to you know the 12 different countries that i have been to Mm -hmm. i was able to see a whole lot of different aspects of a whole lot of different lives and just to realize my life and where i come from and how my life was set up like dude to some people my life was given to me on a platinum platter not Mm. a gold not a silver on a platinum platter like to some people actually going to places like indonesia guys get paid 500 a month over there
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they boss okole over there they boss ass they do the nazis things they climb you know the people over here that get paid 48 dollars an hour or some crazy salary to go climb those really 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 tall towers to go make sure that they're doing whatever the towers do mm-hmm. they get paid a lot of money but in Indonesia, the people that are doing the same job don't get paid. They they get paid 500 bucks a month salary. And over there, just to have a house is, you know, 250 bucks a month. Then they have like the junkest electricity. And that's like another, you know, hundred something dollars a month. I mean, I'm looking at this and there they get so they get five hundred rupiah.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you
1: know what five hundred rupiah is,
0: <laughs> how much is that in the U.S. dollar?
1: Like eleven bucks, twelve oh my, bucks.
0: Oh my god,
1: that's crazy! Or like, and it and that like fluctuates. You know, like I think when I was there back in two thousand and seven, it was twenty bucks. It's crazy. Nowadays, when I went back there last year, <laughs> or sorry, the year before, um. It was it was 17 bucks.
2: It's crazy.
1: And it's like, bro, you only
0: get paid 17 bucks a month. <laughs> hey, that's uh when um Tony Robbins said that some people live off of a, a dollar a day. And that's what he was talking about. I never thought about I never like knew what that meant. I was like, how does it how does that happen? But he's talking about the exchange rate, how people literally live off a dollar a day, and that's more than enough for them to live off of and, and, and like pay their bills and to eat off of
1: like $500 in our money would be able to buy those people a house for the whole year. It's crazy. So like, you know what I mean? Because they're paying what five to 10 bucks us for a house for a month.
0: That's wild. But
1: the house, you know, but it's not, our house it's not like a house like we're used to you know what i mean like they're still sleeping on the dirt like open dirt you know what i mean it's just a roof yeah and a walls and open whole windows no screens none of that if you want that one that's like a thousand bucks for a whole year
0: i saw something similar to that when i went over to honduras and i was just shocked that people live like that so what you're talking about that um, well, what you were just talking about was experience was, um, the, with the knowledge
2: yeah, experience. The
0: experience so there's two ways that you can be knowledgeable and one of them is definitely experience and the other one like you were talking about was through reading but it don't mean anything if you don't experience it by taking action and ap- applying what you read because with those self-help books it doesn't mean a damn thing it doesn't mean a damn thing if you don't like actually apply what you read
1: together exactly oh yeah Yeah, like if i mean it's just like anything uh your coach tells you how to run a pass route it doesn't mean shit if you're not running the pass route
0: yeah real talk. it
1: doesn't mean anything if you don't even catch the ball (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah of course there's that aspect but what was it it was experience and action
0: experience and action yeah, but but like experiences, what you what you did was you change your perspective, what you actually changing your expected perspective and like going to those places and seeing how other people live, mm-hmm. that that makes you a lot more grateful. You know what I mean? And I, it's it's a thing to where a lot. I, I wouldn't. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: I think that it's like um, when you experience something, experience is being able to use your. You know your five, six senses, uh, to be able to, um, fully intake everything. Yeah. You know what I mean, and and that's why, like you know, you can see how they live through Google, you know, search. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you'll never be able to understand how they live if you don't go and see it. One
0: hundred percent. You know what L- I mean. Hell yeah. The um, I. I on Google search, you can go to Ni'ihau and you can go up and down the streets. Yeah. But I have no clue how they live over in Ni'ihau. Like
2: exactly.
0: It's just, I mean, as far as the language, like speaking the Hawaiian language, and yeah. um, like how, how how are things at night? I know it's probably dark as hell over there at night. You know how do the kids go to school, and what do the what the what does everybody do during the day? You know what I mean?
1: Right, right. Yeah.
0: Like just the appearance of something doesn't mean that you know anything about it. You have to actually go in there and you have to immerse yourself in it. Yeah.
1: You got to feel it. That's how, that's the only way that you gain all of this knowledge is using your body to feel it. You know, seeing it is one thing, but if you see it but can't smell it, you don't really know how good the food tastes. <laughs> you know what i mean or mm-hmm. how good the food smells and then if you can't taste it you don't know how good it tastes mm-hmm. you know you can touch it but you you know that's only one you know two things you're looking at it and you're touching it you know and and touching it like say if you're touching a mouse pad you can tell that it's it's soft you know you touch meat you can tell if it's medium if it's rare if it's well done but you don't know how it tastes i mean mm-hmm. I'm not, my mouse pad but <laughs> you know what i mean like you don't know how it tastes. So so it's like you got to use all of the senses that you were given in order to fully experience something. Mm-hmm. And that's why I believe that you learn faster from experience and, and action is because you're getting everything you get, all of your receptors are recepting something all at the same time during the same event. So you learn a lot quicker like that.
0: hundred percent. hundred percent. So, like, what is one of the the things that you find yourself most fortunate in uh, learning and experience besides travel uh, due to your um, journey with personal development and growth?
1: Like, wait, ask the question again.
0: So, for example, um, one thing that has expedited my personal growth is public speaking. I've grown a hell of a lot from not caring about what anybody thinks, just going up on the stage, going anywhere and knowing that I can act as silly as I want to. I can, quote unquote, look like a fool in front of a lot of people and not be affected at all. That's one thing that I've experienced that I've read in books and that I've actually practiced that have now made me into a better person. You feel me? That's the application and it's the experience of it all. Immersing myself into Toastmasters, into speaking contests and therefore becoming a better person what's something that you feel that you've immersed yourself in besides travel that has made you into a better person
1: oh that's a good one besides (laughs) travel
0: yeah yeah
1: um let's see oh Damn, that's a deep question. question. (laughs) I don't don't, don't mess around in the Drop Your Baggage podcast. I want to make you think a little bit. So, like, what has made? Well, you you
0: were also in uh, leadership, kawaii too. Correct?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's. I'm sure you know. You being a leader in some things, you running a company, like there's there's been so many different experiences.
1: Like I, I kind of knew that I had a lot of the. I mean, I'm not trying to up speak myself, but I knew that I had a lot of the um, leadership attributes that they were going to teach me was being able to put those attributes in the right place is the reason why I took the class Gotcha. Um, after or before that I ran, you know, a bodyboarding association, nonprofit association for 10 years.
0: Oh, snap. And
1: and so um, what I did was I used my sponsors from the age of 15 to be able to get free stuff to me and then i would give that free stuff to the winners of the contest so to the kids it was a way for me to give back
0: oh man
1: so so i ran that like my mom started it of course i was 15 when it started but Mm -hmm. you know i helped run and and then later on i took the reins until you know until covid so you know and then covid made it is making it really hard for me to continue because I gotta get permits, and then the permits right. I have to go through a whole bunch of new stuff. Now. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a little bit like it's there's a lot of ho- hoops, but now I gotta get like different, you know, insurance and all of that kind of stuff. So there's there's deeper hoops that are harder to get through. Mm-hmm. Eventually, um, they're not gonna be there anymore because I'll mm-hmm. be way past them, and mm-hmm. I would have I will get those permits. Trust me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. But it's like um, being being able to, I guess, going back to the question, where where have I, you know, I guess, grown the most on the side of of um, travel? I want to say would be tour guiding. tour guiding is exactly the same thing as public speaking just to a smaller crowd every single day Mm -hmm. so now when you get a different crowd every day instead of one crowd one day right it's a lot harder because you're you you have to i mean it's i wouldn't say a lot harder because in a big crowd you got to gauge more people Mm -hmm. in a small crowd you gauge lesser people but when you have a new crowd every day it's a different engagement you know what i mean so i feel like that and fig not figuring out but kind of feeling and seeing the different types of of backgrounds and lives that people come from while you're on tour cuz like hey i've been doing kayak tours for 19 years it's the best freaking couples therapy ever <laughs> you that know sounds- what i mean and so like just being able to i guess connect with you know anywhere between 6 and 12 new people every single day is definitely where i feel like i've grown a lot from yeah. and then also the suggestions so like when i get into some conversations like this like i said last time it's rare for me to get in conversations like this but when i do uh, especially with somebody that i don't know like that's when i get like the really cool like um You know, they they tell me what books they read. Uh, They tell me what movies and documentaries they watch. And all of that stuff, like, hey, the way I look at it is everybody in this world that you come across has something to teach you. Mm -hmm. Now, you just got to find out what it is they were trying to teach you. Even if they weren't trying to teach you anything, you can learn something from them. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Like, like it's funny, I use uh, relationships in Hawaii to like kind of in the picture like you know when guys or girls are like you can't talk to that girl or you cannot talk to that guy you know what i mean or don't (laughs) talk to boys you know if you're talking to boys you're cheating on me or if you're talking to girls you're cheating on me you know you cut off so much opportunity not talking to people because your other half is insecure yeah. you know what I mean like yeah you love the other half they're, but they're super insecure about you know you talking to the opposite sex they think you're gonna leave them They all, they, you know they think that the other person is gonna try something on you or whatever um, it's just really like you cut off a whole bunch of opportunity from like half the population I don't I mean that's if boys and girls are split directly mm-hmm. down the line Mm-hmm. you know half the population you can't even get any knowledge from them because you're not allowed to talk to them like you know that's that's hard for me and so when you know when i you know i've had a few girlfriends who despise what i would do because i'm like i'm not trying i could care less if she likes me right i'm not trying to hook up with her but hey she's the one that's able to go golfing or do whatever she does while i'm at work T- tell me i
2: mm-hmm.
1: what can i can't i learn from her right now mm-hmm. you know what i mean she's able to live her life and i'm at work you're at work you go talk to her then <laughs> you know what i mean like get something from her kind of like real tough like, there's something there that she's doing that if she really wanted to and it, all literally sometimes All you got to do is ask. Mm -hmm. You you could meet the guy that sells all the blueberries in the world and Mm -hmm. ask that guy. He's German, by the way. I met him playing golf. Anyway, so ask that guy what he did to get to where he's at today. I guarantee you he has something to say, especially if you're playing around at 18 with the Mm -hmm. guy. He's got to say something.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's like it's kind of shitty when I see – Couples like that, yeah. Because you know, it's it's real close-minded when you see that kind of stuff, and it's just sad because they don't understand what they're doing to not only themselves but their other half.
0: Man, and it's so
1: that's just something that I use as an example because it's that's a huge example in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah,
0: first <sure. laughs> Yeah, I've I've heard. I've in fact I've I've experienced it in my my single days. Um, good, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um. You have you're so humble, yeah. I mean, and you have this affinity towards connection with people, and I see that you have on your can shirt representing can. Uh, Hey, tell us about can real quick, Uh, just uh, you know, just real quick.
1: Okay, so no matter what you do in life, you always can. Period. And it starts in Hawaii. Well, the brand started in Hawaii, so that's why the the Hawaiian Islands are there. But, um, yeah. No matter what you do in life, you always can. If you find you can, you can literally do all the things you don't want to do to get to where you want to go.
0: Amen. Because
1: that's kind of the, the deal. You know. You want to become a doctor? Who wants to go to school? Exactly. You got to go to school to become a doctor. You, know, you got to do what you don't want to do to get to where you want to go. You know what I mean? At first, you didn't want to talk. You know, but you want to be a motivational speaker. You can't dodge the talking. You gotta talk. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, you did what you didn't want to do, and now you love it. Absolutely. You know, and it that's just what it is. You know, like um, I wanna, you know, like so to say, football players. I I wanna be the best football player in the world. You know, well, you ain't gonna get better sitting at home. You better go be running pass routes or reading over plays or running wind sprints to get faster with with you know weighted vest on or something like it's not going to just fall into your lap
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and who wants to run who wants to run wind sprints i don't want to run wind sprints no (laughs) but no you know but hey if you want to be a football player you want to have good lung system from where you go surf you want to be a soccer player you want to be any kind of an athlete you got to be somewhat in physical shape Mm -hmm. i don't say gotta be in shape because round is a shape too
0: (laughs) 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 oh man yeah amen hey can shout out to can and uh here on the drop your baggage podcast we talk to people that are dope that can bring you hope and teach you a technique that can help you cope and that technique is meant to an emotional release uh and today pohaku is going to be getting rid of a fear that he has he has the fear of scarcity <laughs> hey pohaku yeah. hey tell us more about this fear of scarcity um and why you want to get rid of it today
1: because it's something that i don't want holding me down anymore yeah Uh, something I don't want to think about when I have to think about the situation Um, and something that doesn't like, you know, it it arises a little bit of anxiety. I'm not the person to really use that word openly because I think anxiety can fully be controlled. Um, But it does give me that, excuse me, that worry a little bit. And if I was to think about you know, a lot of like, or not a lot of things. But if I was to think about the things that bother me in life, there's not very much, but that would be the biggest one for
0: sure. So it's the the fear of not having enough Um, when you're put in a, a certain situation where you have more responsibility.
1: Yes. And it's more of a particular situation because I don't know, other situations don't seem like, I wouldn't say don't seem as important to me, but don't seem like as much of a challenge.
0: So like, it's a weight, it's a heavy weight. Like, can we get more into it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So like, it's about like when your parents pass away, your parents are a big part of your life and your company and, and who you are. They're like your biggest support system. Yes. And you said that when they pass, you won't have that support from them whether it come from you guys uh splitting the bills to them being able to support you and doing the small things to hold everything together yes yeah so like when it uh so when it comes to not having them around it's like i don't have enough support in order to keep all these things together
2: yeah i guess you could say
1: it like that
0: What else could you say?
1: Oh, you say that. Yeah. When you say it like that, it almost seems a little easier to think about. (laughs) Cause it's like, yeah, it's the support that, that I would be scared of losing.
2: Wow. Words.
1: (laughs) Is that it? Yeah. Like, cause like, it's the scare, you know, a scarcity of not having enough. It's not really not having enough. It's not having the support, mm-hmm. not having that like backbone, almost. I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and I guess that comes from being or getting used to, mm-hmm. uh, or like being conditioned, mm-hmm. almost. I guess depend on it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I wouldn't say I depend on it, but it's something that I know that. I depend on it. It's something that it's not like I solely depend on it, but like, it's something that like, if something goes wrong, I can depend on it. Yeah. I can just, you know what I mean? Um, And I guess, yeah, honestly, I want to say like that comes from running the, the association, the bodyboarding association. I want to say that this is where, where that stems from a little bit more. Yeah. So it's like having the ducks in a row. Um, I kind of lost. For the bodyboard association. Off. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. So with the bodyboarding association, it was hard to find support, find people that would, you know, be able to do the things that, uh, needed to be done during contest there, you know, um, showing up, uh, showing up, first of all, like on time, um, setting up tents, you know, setting up the PA system, setting up the generator, like there, I remember a lot of times doing all of that by myself. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, being like, oh, you know, this is such an awesome contest. And then, being like, oh, yeah, thank you very much. You know, and then at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, my God. Because I'm so dead. So, yeah. And, and then when I would get the help or like people would be like, oh, like, do you need help doing this? Do you need help doing that? It was more of like, it wasn't the, the, at the time where we needed help putting up the tents. It was at the time of setting up the contest. hmm so, you know, like in that retrospective, I did all the contest set up, like the pre-contest setup up by myself, getting the permits, um, getting, you know, getting all the permits. There's three different ones. Uh, getting the sponsors to, to um, support the contest. Um, getting, you know, the judges to come down and help. Even like being able to trust some of the judges to show up on time and, you know, thank God I had a few judges, you know, that love the sport and show up for judging, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. then those guys became the guys that would help me set up the tent, you know, towards the end, you know, towards the, the tail end of everything. And, mm-hmm. and then, like you get the Grom's parents that will come and help a little bit. But like when it came to the pre-contest help, like first few years I would set up the contest by myself like at the beach and then after that like people would show up and then i'll just be like oh set up the tent over there set up the tent over there well i would get all the paperwork part ready for the contest you know Mm -hmm. so then i'd have that physical help but then when when it came to doing the behind the scenes pre-contest getting like dropping off the applications for the permits going to different shops and throwing out a pitch to be able to get them to sponsor the contest, um, writing out, you know, um, sponsorship packages so that you could give them, you know, after you do your spiel, you give them the paper so they can see what kind of sponsorship they can give you. You know, I did all of that by myself, Mm -hmm. not because I didn't have support, but it was hard to trust the support at that point. Right. Right. You know, and it was like I feel like the scarcity part is also stemming from that because I, I didn't want to not have enough for the contest. Right. Like I, if I was to be like, oh, tell one of my friends, okay, I was gonna stop at Deja Vu. I just used them as a as a you know example. Mm-hmm. I I was gonna stop at Deja Vu today and give them the pitch about the contest, you know, the pitch, that, the same pitch that I've told you hundreds of times, you know, and, you know, give them a piece of paper, you know, to go uh, so that they could be a sponsor. I've never really asked, uh, or I've asked Deja Vu to be a sponsor uh, to the contest and um, they, they have supported a couple times, mm-hmm. um, but like I'm just using them as an example is that they, you know, the person that I told that will be like, Oh yeah, yeah, you know, I'll do it, mm-hmm. but never do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it was hard for me to trust. And I didn't in the scarce it led from scarcity. Right. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to not have enough prizes for the winners that that's where, and doing that for 10 years, I feel like that's where some of the scarcity comes from. Yeah. And I'd be stemming from more than you know being moneyless at eight years old like who's gonna have money at eight years old if you don't ask mom you know what i mean Yeah, like i think that that the contest running was more i i was older and it's all up to me yeah and i think that's maybe where this scarcity might come from yeah that
0: it, it um the the anxiety that you went through must Every have been out. Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> Every contest, and I threw, I would throw four to six contests a year for ten.
0: Oh years. my gosh, bro That's crazy. First of all, I want to applaud your your heart, man. You got a big heart, bro Damn, you got a big heart. Like you love to give. I see that in you, and like, like I'm just.
1: It's the boomerang effect, bro. You can't, you can't expect to just get, get, get all the time. Yeah, You know what I mean? You got to give something. You mm-hmm. got to give back, you know? That's right. And not not give back in the hopes of getting something in return. No, no, no. Really give back. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. if you have no expectation, then you won't be disappointed.
0: Amen. And also, it's, it's out of the kindness of your heart. And it's the law of reciprocity, though. There's a law of reciprocity. You give and you shall receive. Real talk. So, Let's get rid of this uh, anxiety that you fear uh, from uh, the fear of scarcity. Sure. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Oh, first of all, so go back to that place real quick. I want you to go back to a time where you felt that fear of scarcity and tell me where you feel it in your body. Go back to that anxiety feeling. Where do you feel it in your body?
1: Is it weird to say my back? Nope. Because... I feel like, like every time I would think of, about it, I would get like this heated feeling on my back. Okay. Like, uh, not like a chicken skin or like, not like, you know, it was just like, it would be like, I'm sitting in a heated massage chair mm-hmm. and I get the same way if I fly for too long. Mm. Like. I get weirdly hot. Yeah. And it's not like you can touch me and I'm hot. No. You know what I mean? It's just like me feeling like I'm just in a furnace. And it's just like the heat's coming from my back.
0: Can you feel that now? A little bit. Okay.
1: Which is why I fixed myself in the chair just now.
0: Okay. <laughs> also, um, can you feel it anywhere else besides your back? My heart. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Just pay attention to those feelings. So with this uh, modality, all you got to do is three things. Number one, you got to use your imagination. Number two, you got uh, to follow directions just like you follow a recipe or Google Maps. And number three, you got to trust the process. Know that I'm your guide and I'm going to be leading you through this easily and effortlessly. And I come from a place of love and high, high vibrations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, we're going to create a, an imaginary timeline. So with your imaginary timeline, your, um, your past can be to your left, to your right, or behind you. So if you were to know, where's your past? Behind me. Where's your future? Behind me. Perfect. All right. So is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this fear of scarcity today and for you to be aware of it consciously? Yeah. We already talked about the root cause a bit earlier before we, we started the podcast. Tell everybody what happened when you were eight years old.
1: Uh, Eight years old was, uh, you know, I hung out with my brother, guys, who's 12 and a half years older than me or around there. Um, My brother's 12 and a half years older than me. So around his age um, and hanging out with them and then like hanging out with my brother's friends when my brother wasn't around um, and going to places to go eat after surfing or something in the morning. And they're just like, so you got money? Cause you know, I'm not gonna pay for you. I don't have enough money to pay for you or whatever. And just being like, oh, what? Like not, now I don't get to eat. Like, uh, and just like that happened on a bunch of different occasions, you know, probably from the age of seven to the age of 10. Um, And then I guess I would say like I'm, I'm growing up and I'm, you know, get to the age of seven where I'm able to go and hang out and whatnot and go surf and not have, you know, my, my brother guys worry about me while I'm surfing, you know, I can take care of myself. So to say on my boogie board, this and that all the way up to 10 years old, when I realized I don't want to be put in that situation anymore. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like 10 years old, like I'll go surfing with my brother's friends, but when it came to going eating, You know, I just, oh, you guys go, I'm going to have my mom pick me up, you know, Mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff. Like, thank you for bringing me to the beach and, you know, but I'm going to call my mom and she'll come pick me up or call my daddy. He'll come pick me up Mm -hmm. or call somebody, you know, and they'll they'll end up picking me up and bringing me home so that I'm not in that. Oh, do you have enough money situation? Because I know that's coming up, especially after going through it, you know, for a few years. I know that's coming up. And then I know that I don't have money on me, so why put myself in that situation? You know, mm-hmm. so that's like how I got away from it. Yeah, not how I took care of it.
0: You got know? you. I understood, man. You you're uh, a very intuitive uh, dude, bro. All right, cool. So with that being the first, uh, with that being the first event, what we're gonna do is we're gonna release triggers on all the events in your life in which you had that feeling, feeling of up. not having enough. Okay, so we're going to release the emotions from those events one by one. And I'll, I'll go ahead and direct you through it. All you got to do is just follow directions, okay? Awesome. Let's get it. So all you got to do now is just close your eyes and relax. And let me know when you're ready for the process to drop your baggage. This is a guided meditation. So I'll lead you through everything. Trust the process.
1: Trust the process. You get get two P's with a T. (laughs) Trust the process. (laughs) All right. Let's get
0: it. Awesome. All right. Now, just imagine floating outside of your body as if though you were a spirit or energy. And just imagine seeing yourself right here, right now, float above your body. See yourself like a fly on the wall. See the desk to your right and the window to your left. The door to your left. The screen in front of you. The red curtains. Let me know when you can see yourself. I can see myself. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline. And float behind you. And float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past. It's above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age. Let me know when you're above the dinosaurs. Okay. Okay. Now, as you're above the dinosaurs, just imagine floating deeper and deeper and deeper into space to where space in the atmosphere connects. And imagine your timeline is the size of a fingernail. Let me know when you're there. Wow. Okay. Okay. Listen closely. Float very, very high above your timeline, above each and every event in which you felt as though... I don't have enough. From birth until now, in chronological order, don't skip one event that has a charge on it. Preserve the learnings and let go of this fear of not having enough all the way back to now. Go. Focus your attention upon how you're a survivor. Hurt people hurt people. We're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have. We can't control anyone else's actions, but we can't control our response. We can grow stronger and wiser and learn from other people's actions and mistakes. Other people's actions have nothing to do with you. It's only a reflection of their baggage or whatever they're going through at the time. And we're better people than we were when those events occurred. You're a better person than you were when those events occurred. What is something positive and empowering you can tell yourself in each and every event? with the consciousness that you have today that will allow the emotions to evaporate like water on the concrete on a hot summer day. Also, be sure to look at other people's point of view so you can have a deeper forgiveness, so you can have deeper forgiveness, deeper empathy, and have a deeper breakthrough, the most profound breakthrough. All good? Flow down into your body. And open your eyes when you're ready. Welcome back. That's trippy. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I've never
1: actually like kind of thought about it like that. Like how I mean, I've thought about looking at problems from Mm -hmm. about three hundred sixty degrees. Mm -hmm. And so I'm totally related to you know um this exercise, and when you're able to kind of look at it from like a fly's point of view, you can kind of see what you are missing in that whole situation. Mm-hmm.
2: Now I know,
1: like, you know, I think about that when when problems, challenges, and situations pop up now, mm-hmm. but not what I've gone through in the past.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've always been reflective.
1: Yes. But that's not some- that's something that I plan like every night is to, you know, spend 15 to 20 minutes reflecting on what I went through through the day. Mm-hmm. And being able to like like kind of confront it in my mind if it was a bad situation and embrace it in my mind if it was a good. And just kind of learn whatever lessons, good or bad, were there. Mm-hmm. And then discard. Not really discard the whole thing, but, you know, keep it in the memories as, you know, something that works positive for me. And. Yeah. Yeah. Use that for. for
2: um, what you call. Use
1: that for like future preferences
2: Mm, right right right
1: because there'll be many more
2: Uh, oh for sure hell yeah
0: Oh yeah. you're so young
1: there's many more you know problems to be taken care of like I don't really like to say problems because problems switch switch your mind to think that they're bad instead Mm -hmm. of challenges to think to make them good
0: Mm -hmm. something that you can overcome
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So like, like go ahead.
1: Kind of like what we just did.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: a, a really, really deep uh reflection tool.
2: So the uh the um
1: being coached through that is different too. You can kind of like listen and understand what you should be doing versus thinking and believing that that might be what you should do. You know what I mean? Like when you're reflecting, when you reflect by yourself, like you don't really have somebody being like, oh, you know, be a fly on the wall, you know, look at all the past, you know, situations that was just similar like this one take what you need and discard what you don't like that kind of stuff like you don't have somebody saying that mm-hmm. or you know next to you kind of coaching you through that when you reflect on your own so
2: mm-hmm. it's,
1: it's a, it was a little bit different for me and helped a little bit more so thank you for that of course but like, you know what I mean? Like when it comes to reflecting on your own, you don't have so to say that or that coaching, like how you do here. So you don't have that what? The push or the coaching.
0: Yeah. hundred you know? percent. So the um different. Yeah. we well, uh so let's let's try to let's uh test it out. Let's test it out. So like um can you smell bacon?
1: Figuratively speaking, no- <laughs> no bacon.
0: that that's a joke th- or not a joke. That's a question that I asked to get your mind off of the meditation because you were uh, con- you were in a you were in a bit of a trance there for a second.
2: <laughs> like
0: figuratively. <speaking>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so dig this. Can you remember a time in the past in which you used to feel that old emotion or limiting belief and go back and notice if you can find it or feel it or you may find that you cannot
1: so like another event
0: so go back in the past Mm -hmm. okay and see if you can uh and and go and remember a time in which you felt as though you had that limiting belief or that negative emotion right that we were going over
2: yeah
0: and see if you can still feel that feeling that you felt before or you may find that you cannot
1: no no because there's you know after when you said to go through a few of them or go through all of them or all the times that you felt like that, Mm -hmm. I started getting closer to here, Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, the present part of the timeline. And it started becoming lesser or like, yeah, lesser noticeable, less like it doesn't really, it honestly doesn't really matter. It's more like, like now, if I was to look back on the situation, it's like, it was, it was that, that got me to do at least one or two things of what I'm doing now. Right. You know, which is, you know, being able to, one is have the plan Mm -hmm. because back then, that's what I was missing. Like, hey, if I'm gonna go surf with these guys, mm-hmm. maybe I should have asked my mom before leaving, for a few dollars for lunch after. Right. Plan, and then working on the plan, and then being able to do what you want to do, or go with them and stuff like that. The plan, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, let's go surf. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and then also, because I went through that for a few years, I feel like that's the reason why. I became, or I looked and I still looking to become more of is uh, financially competent mm-hmm. um, back then, you know, like I didn't have money, you know, and, and that's also what made me want to get a job. So early I've been working since I was 10. Right. So um, that, and then having the amount of experience as a tour guide from 10 years old to now, You know, if I'm looking at all of these, this all stems from that situation. Whether, you know, whether it, uh, like, I think it does it or it doesn't, you know, I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah. Not having the money, even if, even at that young of age, not having the money and totally like missing out on a meal or, you know, watching somebody else eat in front of me, like Mm -hmm. that hurts.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Excuse my French, but no, fuck that. That ain't happening. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, and then, and then, not like at the time of when it's happening, saying that to myself, but not really getting rid of, you know, that the hold that it, you know, it had on my anxiety and being, mm. you know, being how I was. And it's just now I can look at it and be like, that's why I am where i'm at in those certain categories today yeah um yeah so you'll never yeah i don't know it's just i'm kind of stoked that i just went through that (laughs) (laughs) from a different point of view
0: amen um all right so think about it this way i want you to go out into the future to an unspecified time in the future, which if the same thing would have happened in the past, you would have felt that anxiety of not having enough. But it's the future now. So see if you can still find that old emotion or you may find that you cannot.
2: In the future. I think I would react differently now
1: oh did you you hear me yeah okay because it said you know something about the internet
0: yeah you would react differently now
1: yeah I think I wouldn't I think I wouldn't think along the same lines as when I as as I did it almost would be more of like okay like I got this kind of deal more like a challenge. More yeah. Like, we, like you don't have money. Like, no, but I will. <laughs> you know? like, I will have money, you know, mm-hmm. I, I will, you know, and I might not have money now, you know, for, so to say this meal, mm-hmm. but this, you know, it's, this moment's going to pass. Mm-hmm. It's And I'm going to be in a place where I, you know, <sighs> Just, you know, if I ever come to that situation, it's okay, buddy. I got lunch next time.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Like, like, yeah, you don't have to pay for me. You know, like, I, I, I'll skip this meal. It's fine. You know, but just know that the next time we go surf, I got lunch.
2: Yeah. You
1: know? <laughs> it's because, you know, now I look at it as more of like a challenge, I guess. And more like, like, hey, like, okay. Like. This is, that's, that's how I'm going to get to the next level. You're going to see me level up,
2: Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and, and not really holding on to it anymore. Like, because it's not something that's bothering me. It's going to make me stronger.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Because it kind of has, I just didn't really look at it like that.
0: Real talk. It really has.
1: You know? yeah because of all the situations that I've been in because of that situation all the follow up situations I should right say.
0: right yeah yeah yeah
1: um, yeah, I never really thought about it like that. that's so cool, like okay, where that little comment and the and the the consequences of that comment, so to say maybe I don't mm-hmm. know like explain it but the consequences of that comment and me being able to or like yeah being able to see the consequences and know that that's not where i want to be anymore yeah and act upon the consequence of not being there anymore mm-hmm. or not doing that anymore real time which was you know at the time running away from it you know mm-hmm. but instead of running away from it accept it That's the way I look at it now. It's just I accept it. Hey, yeah, I might not have money now. You know, go eat. I'll wait in the car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and knowing that, hey, I should have maybe not forgot my wallet at home or something. (laughs) I don't know what's going to come up in the future where I'm not going to, you know, I might not have the money to buy lunch or not have, you know, what I need, but. Now, you know, now that I'm looking at it deeper and deeper and thinking about all kinds of different things that that could mesh into this situation and, you know, cause me to be, you know, um, back into the scarcity part. Mm -hmm. Everything's about timing. And, you know, at the time, you might not have money. But if I don't have money to buy it at that time, that means I didn't need it. Mm. It's timing. Mm Hmm. It's time. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, uh, oh, oh. Do you, do you have money for lunch? Like, no, I don't have money for lunch. You know, but I will. You know, I Mm. will. You know, have the money next time. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll have money to buy us lunch.
0: Yeah.
1: Or you know, like a. It's it's a challenge. I like it now. look at that situation and I'm just like, okay, like sick. Like this is where, this is what I got from that. And this is where I'm going with that.
0: There's also a thing to where there's, there's abundance as well. So with the abundance factor, like we, there's more than enough for everyone. You know what I mean? So you don't ever have to, you don't ever have to go without, you know what I mean? So it could, it could come from a mindset of oh, I, I've always had enough. Mm-hmm. I've always had more than enough. And I always will. Yep. You know what I mean? Like whether you are in Portugal, whether you, <laughs> right. Whether you I like
1: just that together. Yeah. I just told you earlier in this thing that traveling the world made me see that I had my, my life served to me on a platinum platter.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It. Yeah.
1: And it's always gonna be like that. Exactly.
0: Now, exactly.
1: You know, whether I'm in, you know, London where everything's really rich and expensive. I'm st- I still got what I need. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. You like that's what it is right there. That's the abundance let's go (laughs) you feel good now (laughs) i love it that's right (laughs) oh my gosh oh my gosh i love it (laughs) huh one down (laughs) hey so so like um tell the people how uh so tell the people like about how you feel now because I asked you to go back to that place. I and... feel pumped.
1: I'm, gonna inter- I'm sorry, I'm going to like uh, interrupt, but I am pumped. Like, bring it. <laughs> we got this. It's a challenge that I'm going to win every time.
0: Oh, tell people about how you feel about um, those old situations where you were setting up for the nonprofit. How do you feel about those situations now?
1: Eased. Easier. Guaranteed next time when I get that chance. It's not going to feel like that because there is going to be a next time. Trust me. I'm getting those damn permits. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to be able to do what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a challenge which mm-hmm. makes it fun, and we're gonna. What is his name, Larry the Cable Guy? We're gonna get her done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! That's what I'm Larry talking about. <laughs> Hell yeah! So it's not—it's not a—you don't see it from that old point of view anymore. You see it from this new point of view of it's—it's just a challenge. I'm gonna overcome it. I'm just gonna thrive from there.
1: We thrive on challenges.
0: Yeah, hell yeah! Get her done!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can't believe I just thought about (laughs) that.
0: No, right? That's the first time the uh cable the uh Larry the Cable guy's ever been quoted on the podcast. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey man, congratulations on, on releasing that fear, man. You 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 just look like you feel better, man. <laughs>
1: That's automatic, bro. Oh
0: man, hey, let's uh let's let's tie this up in a nice little bow. Please give the people some words of wisdom.
1: No matter what you do in life, you always can. (laughs) And don't let, um, don't ever let anything or any negative situation bring you down. Um, There's a positive you can pull out of every negative situation. But in the end, after you pull out that positive from the negative, Don't let the negative weigh you down anymore. Amen. Cause that's what I just released.
0: Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Good stuff. Hey, thank you so much for showing up for your divine appointment. And also thank you all for listening to the drop your baggage podcast where we talk to people that are dope that can give you hope and teach you a technique that can help you cope.
1: Look, 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 look. Boy. He is on it. I love it. He's hype.
0: Hey, this is uh that is Pohaku. This is Charles your yourself talk engineer. If you uh, like this, please consider hitting the like and subscribe button if you're on YouTube and Facebook. And if you're on any podcast platform, give a brother five stars and uh, give me a little feedback. And hey, until next time, you guys, take care of yourself. Take care of one another. I love y'all so much. Peace. <laughs>